Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. Hello, everybody. So I'm Alice. Um, if you don't know me, there's some new faces today, which is really nice to see. Um, and I've been a part of Rev Church for more years than I can remember. There's basically people that were three months old when I first joined, and they're now just gone out the door of the youth. <laughs> too long. Not too long. Long enough. <laughs> um, so I'm going to preach today on the Holy Spirit, carrying on from Rich's sermon last week. Um, if you didn't catch it, it was amazing, and you can catch up online. He was looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to be looking at the role of the Holy Spirit and how we can know him more, um, and how we desperately need him in order to live the life that Jesus has called us to. Now, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit is a person, and he's not visible in the flesh like Jesus, so there's a mystery around him. But while we can't see him, we can know him personally as a friend. And the more, sp- the more time that we spend with him, the more we recognize it when he's working in our lives. And he's been sent to draw us closer to Jesus, to reveal the truth of the gospel, and enable us to live life on earth in holiness. In the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. I'm going to read that again. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. He is the divine power given to us. He is the one that marks us out and distinguishes us from the rest of the world. He is God with us. Yet how much do we really know him? Do we act like we have everything we need for a godly life? A.W. Tozer says, Many of us have grown up on the theology that accepts the Holy Spirit as a person and even a divine person, but for some reason it never did us any good. We are as empty as ever, we are as joyless as ever, we are as far from peace as ever, and we are as weak as ever. Blimey. (laughs) Thanks, Tozer. Um, But in all seriousness, seriousness, how much do we really know his peace? true peace that enables us to continue when everything around us is falling apart? Do we know his supernatural joy when circumstances are hard and our prayers are going unanswered and you're left waiting in silence? Because it's in these moments that as Christians, the Holy Spirit is our lifeline, revealing the truth, keeping us safe. And it's in these moments that we have a choice whether we trust or not. I have to say, in the last six months, I've had the most challenging spiritual season of my spiritual history, Um, and I know I would not have survived had it not have been for amazing spiritual people encouraging me and reminding me of the truth, and for the Holy Spirit living inside of me, and me clinging on to him for dear life. I've never been so desperate, and I've never known him to feel so far away. And I know he didn't leave, because he doesn't leave us. And he's always with us, but I know that I lost my peace. And it felt desolate at times. And I just couldn't see things straight spiritually. And it sobered me to realize just how desperately we need the Holy Spirit. Not just when times are tough, but every day. And I honestly, if I'm honest with you, I don't know if I would have suffered so much had I been very attentive to him in the early days of that period of of suffering. And I could blame it on 
the lockdown, isolation, the circumstances that I was in, loneliness. I can blame it on various different circumstances, but in reality, it's about the heart and the mind. Where was my heart? What was my heart set on? And what was my mind meditating on? See, in this world, we will have trouble, guaranteed, says it in the Bible. And there is spiritual warfare going on. The war has been won by Jesus, hallelujah. But there are battles, spiritual battles going on and ground to be taken. And the battle is fierce, and I've experienced that. And if the Holy Spirit is not the loudest voice in us in those battles, then the temptation to walk away will be immense. It's brutal, and it's fierce, and the ground will feel wobbly if we're not inviting the Holy Spirit to to help us daily. So we're going to look at the Gospel of John, chapter 14, uh, verses 25 and 26 I'm going to look at, and if you have your Bible, then do open up, and if you don't, they should come up on the screen. Here we go. Thank you, Rosie. So... Actually, verse 25, do you have that one? There we go. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So we're going to look at his role. First thing we're going to look at is he's the Helper. Jesus is telling us, the Helper. What other God comes to help his followers? Buddhists believe that the, I'm going to hopefully say this right, the Dhamma Vinaya, the law basically, is the helper. Muslims believe that the Holy Spirit is Angel Gabriel and he came at certain points to reveal divine messages to certain people. For example, the prophet Muhammad, they also believe that he came to reveal himself to the mother of Jesus and the mother of Moses, but they do not believe he is God. Jesus teaches us something entirely different that the Holy Spirit is an extraordinary person that the Father sent to be with us, not discriminating or only favouring holy, perfect people, but that he's been, here, he's been sent here to help the followers of Jesus, people like you and me. Now, imagine you work for the British government, just for a moment, and you're given an assignment Okay, they offer you a posting abroad in a foreign land, and they tell you that there's going to be a different situation for you. People are going to speak a different language, there's going to be different customs, it's a different culture. You won't always know what's going to happen. People have different values, and it's a place of trouble. It's a well-known place of trouble, and things are likely to go wrong and be very pressured. Um, they say, you're always going to be kept safe, but it won't feel like you're safe and you won't really know how things work and you won't understand why things are happening and you will often feel like a child having to relearn everything. So it's going to be a really difficult assignment. Now, does that assignment feel a little bit daunting to you? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But then they say, oh, but we're going to send somebody with you. Um, He's going to help you and he's actually an expert in that particular area where you're going and he's going to speak to you and reveal things about behind-the-scenes things that um, you don't know, so that he'll help you. Um, And he's got access to the local government's files, so he can reveal things that are going to happen, and dangerous things are going to happen, so that you'll be prepared. 
And he just happens to be a really good friend. So he's going to be a friend to you when times are half, tough. And he's going to pray for you when you feel weak. And he will strengthen you. And he's never going to leave you, so you'll always be with him. Does that assignment feel a little bit easier now? Do we go into life aware of who we have with us when we face troubles? It's not a perfect illustration, but hopefully it reminds us that the Holy Spirit was sent to help us. He's with us always. He has all the answers and he guides us in all things. Let's read verse 26 again. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. I've highlighted the teach you there. He's also a teacher. He's here to teach us about Jesus and the truth of God. It's not like the Buddhists believe that they're just going to be taught from the law. We have our own personal instruction that brings the word to life. Have you ever had a good teacher? There's some teachers in the room. <laughs> they're all great teachers. Um, I know that there's some bad teachers out there that can be damaging, um, but I, my first primary school teacher was excellent, and she really defined my academic life because she just started me off so well. And um, I was desperate to learn. I had an older sibling, so I was so desperate to learn. And I remember my first day at school, I was so excited, out of uniform. I went to school, and I got home, and my parents were like, how was it? And I said, well... It was good, it was all right, but they didn't teach me how to read. And I was gutted, <laughs> because I was expecting to learn it in a day. Um, but this teacher was so good, because she could spot that I was desperate to learn. And she would take me to the library and give me extra books so that I could read more and learn quicker. And um, imagine having the best teacher in the universe. The one who can teach you about the things in heaven, the one who's been in heaven and knows heaven. He knows all things. He teaches us all things. He's a helper and he's a teacher. And we're going to read that verse 26 again. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. I think that's the next slide. He helps us remember. How good is that? Hallelujah. Does anyone ever forget things, or is it just me? Like, I forget things a lot. Um, forget people's names. I forget the house keys. Uh, I pray regularly for a renewed mind and, and, a, and a renewed memory because I just forget things so much. And it's not surprising because we are bombarded with information all the time, and um, our brains can only cope with so much. And I think for previous generations, they had to learn more and remember more because they didn't have the internet. And so I feel like we're, use, we're not using so, much, so many sections of our brains because we don't need to. Like, you forget the name of your favorite song. What do you do? Google it. You forget the name of your favorite recipe. What do you do? Google it. And it's there instantly. We just Google everything we need, and we don't have to remember much anymore. And I feel like our brain cells are losing their muscle a bit. But the Holy Spirit is actually here to help us remember scriptures. And if you have a friend that you want to help this year, do you know one of the amazing things you can do is memorize scriptures? Because the Holy Spirit, what he does is he brings scriptures to mind when you need them. So if you're praying for your friend and you have a load of scriptures memorized in your bank, 
then he'll bring them to mind and it will be a huge blessing to your friends around you. And even if you can't remember them, he's so good that he'll help your friend remember scriptures that they know and he'll bring them to mind. He's so good. Um, And then verse 26 again, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Next slide. The Holy Spirit comes with the authority of Jesus. We've been singing it this morning. We've been praying it this morning. He comes in the name of Jesus. Let's look at the name of Jesus and the power of his name. Philippians 2, verse 9 and 10. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus translated from Hebrew is Yeshua. Yah from Yahweh, meaning God, and Yash from uh, meaning rescue and save. The God who saves. Holy Spirit comes in the name of the God who saves. The one to whom every knee will bow. The one who has authority in heaven and on earth and under the earth. The name of Jesus. Those who believe in his name will find forgiveness for their sins. They'll find healing from sickness. They will see miracles. His name has power and authority. And the Holy Spirit is coming with that authority. The very presence of God. So we've learned that the Holy Spirit comes in spirit form. He's been sent to help us. He's been sent to teach us, to help us remember the truth. And he comes with the authority of Jesus. This powerful friend has been given as a gift to us. How amazing is that? Do you want to spend time with him after just being reminded of those truths? So how can we know him more? How can we experience him living inside of us and transforming our mind and our hearts every day? As Rich taught us last week, Jesus showed us that we need to be born again of the Spirit to be able to see things of the spiritual realm. And when you're born again, you see things that you didn't see before. Things suddenly just make sense. Our hearts are changed. Acts 13 says the disciples, after, they were, after Pentecost, they were f- filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And the word filled there in Greek is the present continuous test tense so it means they were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit and there's times that he's here with us and we don't necessarily feel him and there's this tension where we have these times of mystery where we don't feel his nearness and he might feel far but it doesn't necessarily mean we've done anything wrong there's just a mystery about him and we, we will not understand all things because we are not God but it's in those times that we hold on to the truth that he cares for us, that he's good and he wants to do us good and he can transform our mind daily and renew us and give us strength when we are weak and heal our broken hearts. So we need to declare these truths and not believe the lie that he doesn't care because he's shown us he cares by sending his son to die for us, by sending this incredible gift to help us every day. The last section the last section on this passage, verse 27, I think really unlocks things for us and will help us to understand him and, and help us to really experience him. Verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus tells us this gift I'm leaving you, 
the Holy Spirit. He is peace. He, don't, he doesn't only produce peace as a fruit when he dwells in us, but he's a, as a person, he is peace. When you leave a, part, a parting gift for someone, you might leave them something nice, something to remember you by. Um, sometimes you leave something and then you pick it up, like my sister might leave her kids for me for the weekend and then pick them up again. <laughs> she won't just leave them forever. Um, but she brings them back. But Jesus is saying here, he says it twice, I leave this gift with you. I leave my peace with you, but I am giving it to you. It's a forever gift. He's not taking it back. It's a, a gift to keep forever. And it's not just any peace, it's his peace. He says, my peace I give to you. And then he says, not as the world gives. Why would he say that? What, does, what peace does the world give us? Is it a peaceful place? Maybe somewhere by the ocean? A waterfall? Is it a peaceful song? Is it peace in your heart? Peace in your mind, knowing that your family is safe? Or knowing that you've got enough money to pay the rent? Some of these, some of these things are out of our control. And we can't control how much money we've got tomorrow. We can't control our health or our family's health. We can't control political situations. Who's going to go to war next in which country? We can't control how people think of us, our reputation, how people see us. And these things can all become potential idols for us. Things that we put our trust in, and when we have them, we have peace. But they can become our security, and they can become like a god to us. And we depend on them to bring us peace rather than relying completely on God. And that's called idolatry. And we each have different idols. So an idol for you might be a different to an idol for me. Someone might get really sick and you'll think, oh, wow, this, this is going to tip them over the edge. They'll fall apart and they're fine. Because actually their idol is money. And if you took their money away, they'd fall apart. And you can tell what someone's idol is because they start acting irrationally when they lose it or it's threatened. They get really angry or really scared or fearful. Anxiety can cripple us. It can stop us sleeping, stop us from enjoying day-to-day life. We can be a slave to fear. And if we're letting that fear and anxiety dictate our emotions, then we're consumed about this this thing that isn't God, then we can't think about anything else and we're letting fear rule in our hearts and we're making this thing, whether it's money or family or dreams or our career, an idol and we're putting it before God. And ultimately, that will rob us of peace. But Jesus has promised us peace. He's told us, he's given us the Holy Spirit, his peace. So where's the disconnect? Do you want to know peace in every area of your life? so that you can live without fear and anxiety. It means we have to trust. And it's harder than it sounds. It means we have to be willing to let go of the things that we put first, and we have to confess our idolatry, those areas of our life that we're unwilling to give to God. And we have to trust that he is enough for us. And sometimes we trust and we have to wait in the silence. And the wait can be hard, but it's gold, because God sees our faith. And um, I've been in a really long season of wait, and it's been really tough. And I think one of the reasons it's been so tough is because even though I thought I was trusting God, 
there was a part of me that doubted. Does God really want to do me good? And after months and months and months of turmoil, I can testify, hallelujah, that I'm free from that turmoil. And he has brought me peace. And it's not something that I've, well, I did strive for, (laughs) but I didn't get it in my own striving. It was a gift that he gave to me, not by anything that I did. And I still haven't seen the answers to my prayers. I haven't seen the breakthrough that I want, but I have peace and I never, ever want to let it go again. As the Holy Spirit was a person, and once we've chosen to follow him, he will never leave us. But we can experience degrees of his nearness. And maybe when we feel like he's far, maybe we get to that point because we're not fully letting go in our hearts. Or maybe we're too scared to let him into the pain. And maybe we're just in the wait, and we're just doing well, but we just need to hold on and wait. Freedom in our hearts is so much more valuable than anything this earth has ever got to offer us, whether that's financial stability, whether that's marriage, whether that's a child, somebody healed. There's a songwriter called Horatio Spafford, and um, he lived in the 19th century, I think, and um, he was a real estate businessman, and he had a lot of real estate, and it all, much of it got burnt up in the Chicago fires, so he lost a lot of his business. And then his family decided to go to Europe on holiday a couple of years later. And he had to stay behind for business. And the boat that they were on got hit by another boat. And 226 people died on that that boat. And it included all four of his daughters. From 18 months to a teenager. He had four daughters and all of them died on that boat. He lost his business and then he lost his children. His wife survived and went to Ireland and sent him a message saying, I've survived, it's just me. And so he got on a boat and he went over to Ireland to meet her. And on that boat, he wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul. Some of you will know it. The first few lines say, When peace like a river attendeth my way, When sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot... Thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. I don't think any human on this earth can write, when peace like a river attendeth my way, unless the Holy Spirit has given him peace after he's lost so much. The Holy Spirit is a person and he can bring us peace no matter what our circumstances are. And he's brought peace to us. And our pride and our unbelief can sometimes stop us from seeing that. And it, helped, it was a part of me not being able to see the peace that, I, that he'd brought for me. It was my pride and my unbelief. And it's the same sins as Adam and Eve. God said to them, don't, don't eat of that particular tree. And the devil just planted an idea. Did God really say that? If you eat that, that bad things will happen. And he's, he, he plants ideas in us to make us doubt God as well. If you just have that career, then you'll be happy. If you just have that marriage, if you just have that child, if you just get this, and then we start doubting God's goodness, not trusting that he knows what's best and that he's going to bring us good. And we put our viewpoint above God, and it's pride and unbelief. So Jesus has paid a huge price for the peace that he's brought us and he knew every good and bad decision we'd ever make 
He knew every time we'd step away from him and do things our own way. He's seen us in our weakest and most shameful moment, and he chose to cover us in grace and mercy. And he's taken all of our sin and our shame, and he's nailed it to the cross. The devil has no hold on us. He can stand there and accuse, oh, but you did this. And we can say, no, but Jesus has taken it and he's nailed it to the cross and it is dead and it's gone and my debt has been paid. I am free. My debt cannot be paid twice. It has been paid. We are free. And we need to step into the freedom that he's brought for us. But he didn't just save us for freedom. He's given us so much more. He's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit, the most special person that we will ever encounter, the one who'll be your best friend, who'll be with you every day. He'll give you peace beyond understanding, no matter what your situation is. So some of us may need to come forward and just say, okay, I confess, I realize maybe the Holy Spirit is even prompting you now that you need to confess. Maybe there's something that you're holding on to that you just don't feel like you can give to God. Something you've been doing your own way. Maybe we feel like we need to confess that just to know more of his forgiveness and his holiness and his nearness. We can turn away from that. And he will come and forgive us. He is faithful to forgive us when we confess our sins. Some of us just need to know his his nearness in your pain. You can invite him into your pain. And some of us are just in the wait. And that's okay. But he is here and he is with us and he can comfort us. We don't need to be surprised that the, the world doesn't know him or that they might be a bit scared of him. Because the devil wants to rob us of true life and freedom. And he spreads lies that, that, that the Holy Spirit's weird or he makes Christians weird or he does, you know. I, there's so many things that when I speak to my friends who aren't Christians, they just think, oh, it's really weird. But has anything that we've discovered and talked about today from the Bible think, make you think that the Holy Spirit is weird? He's the helper. He's the teacher. He's the one that helps us remember. He's the one that brings us peace. He comes with the power and authority of God. That's who he is, the joy bringer, the comfort bringer, the one that leads us into freedom and truth. And he won't force himself on us, but if we invite him, he will come in love. True love is patient, and he won't. He will come when we're ready and when we accept him and invite him, but we don't need to be scared of him. He's kind and gentle. If you want to know what he's like, look at Jesus. He is the spirit of Jesus. He's kind, he's gentle, he's faithful. He's merciful, he's full of compassion. I think I'm going to wrap up now. And just, um, I would just say, for those of us who know him, please hold him close. Don't neglect him. Don't neglect meeting together. There's something holy that happens when we meet together we've experienced it this morning he comes and he gives gifts and we experience each other's gifts and we're blessed by each other's gifts and we're filled up and we need to be with him corporately together with his spirit um but we also need him to reveal the truth to us when we're on our own at home reading the word and we need him to reveal the truth to us um let him renew our minds and if you've never met him and you, and you want to invite him into your heart, you can do that today. You can acknowledge your sins before God and he will be faithful and just and he will forgive you and you can invite the Holy Spirit to come and indwell you. Um, Jesus ends this passage, this passage, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
I'm declaring the truth. The Holy Spirit is here with us today. We do not need to be afraid. We don't need to be troubled anymore. He brings us peace and so much more. And if we trust him and let him in, just watch and see what happens and how much wonder and peace he will bring. I think maybe if we respond with a song, um, if anyone feels like they want to know his nearness, they want to know his comfort, if anyone feels like they want to come and confess with a brother or sister, feel free to come forward. He is here, he's working, he's been moving amongst us all morning and I know that he wants to bring more freedom and more healing and more of his comfort to us. So as Shay sings the song, if anyone does want to come forward for prayer, then please feel very invited. <laughs>